0: Radio. I'm your host, Emma Ruzchak. I'm here with my fabulous guest, James Hill. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Hi. How are
0: you? Good. How have you been? You have been on this show before.
1: Yes, I have. It's been a couple of months now. Before I came. when I came on the show the last time, I was still working on book three of the Killer series, mm-hmm. Killer with Black Blood, and I am happy to say I have now published Killer with Black Blood. Yes. Yeah.
0: So
1: that came out exactly when? Uh, That means this, this little guy right here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Like that. There you go. That's better. Okay. That little guy right there was published on yours truly birthday. I figured I owe the world a present for putting up with me for so long. Oh. <laughs> yes. And and so now the killer series had one more book to go. So this is book number three, and it's uh, kind of like Nikki's story. If okay. you read book one and two, you know book one was Nikki and Morris's story as they got together as teenagers and started moving up in the crime world. Right. And then that was kill with a heart, and kill with uh, three heads was more Morris's story, how he left and came back when they kidnapped his daughter and more or less how he became his self, his international criminal self. And now we're into book three, which is kind of like Nikki's story, how he becomes godfather of his mafia family.
0: Of course, because, you know, first you get into the crimes, then you want to get away, then now you're going back into it, and it's back and forth and it's mobsters and yeah.
1: Yeah, well, they didn't really want to get away. It's more like they need, they needed to change of scenery, especially uh, Morris, because he becomes a a very wanted man, considering all the crimes that they commit.
0: Of course,
1: and he's wanted by both the mob and the and the government and all that kind of stuff. So that's why he got this. That's why he disappeared for a while.
0: Right, because you know, you can't, you double cross the mob, so the mob and everyone's looking for you. And then you're doing crimes to begin with, so the government, police, and you know, FBI, and everyone else is looking for you. So you don't want to stay in Dodge.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the safer thing to do is get out of Dodge. So he did, and that was book two. And then he comes back to, of course, re- yeah. revenge as. You know, things happen and of revenge. Of course,
0: is. you can't just stay gone. That would be defeat the purpose of doing everything you did to become, you know, whatever it is you're doing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now we have book three, which is uh Nikki's uh, kind of story and all the double dealings that he done to right. become Godfather, and of course leads to his assassination. Of him. And then of course. of course his friend Morris has to come back and, and look for that killer and all that kind of stuff and reap more revenge.
0: <laughs> yeah I mean okay so you have this terrific mob anthology going on because you wanted into book four that you're creating that's going to be the end I believe. Yes yes Heart, So you-
1: heartfelt so- Hard to write end of of the series because you start to fall in love with your characters and you don't want to see them go.
0: I know. Being an author, you don't want to ever end the series because you fall in love with your characters and they become your best friends. Yes. Even if they're creating havoc within the world that you're creating. Yeah, (laughs)
1: even if they're dark and dangerous people that you probably wouldn't hang out with. Well, that's not quite true. I did hang out with some dangerous people.
0: (laughs) Well, we have to have our people that we hang out in real life that we can inspire and create a character based on some of their attributes.
1: Well, it's the art of knowing when to leave the room. (laughs) So, you know, it's always, okay, you know what? I'm going to go get a beer. You guys do whatever it is you're going to do. Mm -hmm. and maybe I'll see you tomorrow, depending upon what
0: happens. (laughs) You have to know when they leave the room or hang up the phone or, you know, I'll talk to y'all later. Mm -hmm. And I really don't want to know about anything else. So just tell me if you had a good meeting or, you know, let me know you're still alive. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) And we say this very lightheartedly because, you know, I'm so sure. we don't want
1: the FBI knocking on our door. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but at the same time, it makes wonderful stories to tell fictionally.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Most, a lot of fiction is written in there. A lot of fiction is written in truth. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you know certain things, but hey, you weren't involved, so it's okay with you, you know. And as long as you're, as long as you're not directly involved, mm-hmm. no one told you, about the thing, you read it in the paper. You go, ooh. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I know you read that person. You a lot person. of stuff in the paper. That's where I get, that's where I get some information from, too. You know, yeah. Sooner or later, some of this stuff does wind up in, in the news.
0: Everything the news. negative ends up in the news at some point. It may uh, be they
1: 20 say years it,
0: it, from now, but it will become into the news at some point. And then you go back and go, hey, didn't I go to school with... or?" Didn't I used to hang out around such and such?
1: That was the impetus for writing uh, the killer series. Mm -hmm. It's because you hear about these people years later. And, you know, first off, a lot of people who know them now Mm -hmm. would be like, hey, I never knew he was into that. Or, you know, he seems like such a nice guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like, yeah oh, wasn't he a cardinal in church back years ago? Or, you know, I thought he was such a great person. Or, you know, what, didn't he run for some elected position at some point? And then you go back, you know, well, we got to the elected official that, you know, has so much crime going on to get them elected. So-
1: And 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 to give you an example of that, Mm -hmm. when I was growing up, in the South Bronx, mm-hmm. my priest from our, from our parish, Father Giganti, he had a brother who was deeply in the mob, and no. everybody kind of knew it. And mm-hmm. we definitely knew it when somebody stole the Virgin Mary from the nativity scene in front of the church. Yeah. And I mean, it was kind of a dumb crime because it was a life-size statue of the Virgin Mary it was like, what are you going to, whoever stole it, what are they going to do with that? You know, it's not like there's a real need for that. You're not going to be able to sell it to anybody other than the church. You know, right. so it's like, what are you going to do? And um, his brother showed up at church that Sunday. My father was giving the sermon and everything and talking about how bad it was to steal from the church and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And he said, but don't worry. We will get it back and of course you know i will found into the church here all the cadillac you know black cadillac everybody, and we're right. looking and like hmm these guys never been to service before
0: <laughs> right like,
1: the next you week know, it was returned unscratched
0: right. it, <laughs> it, it's like people when i was growing up they saw the entire nativity scene from the wow. church <laughs> not just the virgin mary but the entire nativity scene i'm like and it wasn't a church i went to but you read it in the paper and go what are people still in the nativity scene at christmas time for what are they going to do with it
1: yes exactly what are you going to do with it especially when they're especially if they're in front of the church they're usually life-size statues mm-hmm. you know and it's like well, where are you going to what what would you actually do with that why steal it yeah and it would it would rumen that some junkie stole it and was going to try to hock it or whatever
0: yeah but
1: but it it was returned
0: yeah it's same with this it was like was in the newspaper nativity scene stolen from the church and i'm like and that's how i knew about it because again it was in church i went to but we draw by it every week or every day going to school. You go by the church and you go, what? And then it's in the paper, and then a week later it returns.
1: Yeah. And the funny thing is, I'm watching this show, what is it on? It's on um Epics so or one of them. There's someone on in the channel. It's called The Godfather of Paul. I don't know if you you heard I've of it. I've
0: heard of it, but I haven't watched it. Yeah. I don't do a lot of TV.
1: Yeah. So I thought I wouldn't watch it while I was writing the book because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be influenced by right. pop stories that, you know, that I'm, as I'm writing. Right. So I wouldn't watch it then. And it's based on real life characters from like the 50s and 60s. And one of the characters is Giganti and his brother is in it. And I was, you know, watching. I was, Hey, I know that guy. He used to be my priest. And yes, he was connected to the mob. His brother was a big time mafia guy. So, you know, they they show the brother, Father Giganti, in a very good light. Like, he's not actually involved in the mob. It's just his brother, and he knows, yeah. you know. You have the good brother point.
0: and the bad brother.
1: Yeah, and as they used to say in Italian, this might be, eh, this is what we used to hear, and this is what people used to say. An Italian mother has two sons. One will be a priest. And one will be a monster. Granted, given, you know, that's just the way it's going to be.
0: Right. So. It's like, like some of the stories my grandfather used to say because he was in the Bronx after World War II and he lived for, there for several years. So, some of the stories that he used to tell that are in his journals, so I'm like, how much of this is truth and how much is fiction and how much do I really not want to know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say it's all fiction, and that's all I wanted to get into it, because I don't want to know the truth.
1: Yeah. And my grandfather used to be a cop in Harlem, and uh, he made it the detective a couple of times, because he got busted. <laughs> <Of course>. I <laughs> mean, when you say you made a detective
0: a couple of times, it means you got busted down for something. Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> yeah. but... He was a great guy. I mean, loved him dearly, Papa, great guy. But you know, there's some, the things that my uncle and stuff would tell me about Papa, you know, you'd be like, ooh, really? Right? He did that?
0: Right, yeah. if you think about it, the mom didn't go away. It just went underground. Yeah. You know, so we do have to have that air of caution when we do talk about things because they're still around. They're just not as visible as they were back in maybe the 50s and 60s.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess like the 70s and 80s. Well, probably, yeah, around the 80s when they went through the commission trials
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they locked up a lot of the old Dons and stuff yeah. like that. They caught, a, they caught them up on the, on the RICO charges, mm-hmm. you know, which actually RICO was around for a long time because no one ever decided to use it. Right. against, you know, against them. And so when they started using the RICO uh, laws against them, uh, people in the mob started turning, because then it became an idea was even if they thought you might thought they were going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And so loyalty broke down. Mm-hmm. And if it's like, if you're going to kill me anyway, whether I did something or not, I might as well talk and make a deal.
0: Right.
1: So that kind of like broke the back of the mob and the same thing was happening in Italy at the same time in the late 70s and 80s. It was fun to watch on TV when they were have an entire courtroom full of, uh, full of defendants. Have mm-hmm. <laughs> had one guy, he's the prosecutor, one guy, the judge, and everybody else in the courtroom is a defendant.
0: I know. Like he through. People in okay, there. so this is a fun thing. If you go on the History Channel every once in a while they'll have some of the trials you can go back and watch them and you're like oh they're witnesses no honey they're not they're all defendants you have like 200 defendants in one trial
1: yep in one trial everyone in the courtroom is a defendant.
0: <laughs> yeah and it's and they're all related in some way to each other
1: yep yep so things like that but it makes it makes for good stories
0: it does. People it makes love for the mob great, stories. Right. right. We have great mob movies, TV, yep. books. We have so many great stories based on what we see and what we read. You know, and some of it is based on real life things that may have happened. But, yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and Americans love a good crime story. I mean, whether it's the mob, whether it's gangs, whether it's uh, like Bonnie and Clyde, you know, just individual we, criminals, you know. We are drawn
0: there. to the mob stories or the crime stories. I mean, the more grit that's in there, the more we're drawn to it. Because you're like, this could have happened.
1: Yep. And as they say in the news, if it bleeds, it leads. Mm-hmm. People love gore. And of course, this is coming up to the good the old gory season here about Al- of Halloween and stuff.
0: No. I mean, we just need the gore, right? It's Halloween season.
1: Yes. So people just love, and people love that. Well, people love to be scared. Mm-hmm. You know, you find that people like, the, like a thrill.
0: Right. We do. I mean, how many times do you go to a haunted house, flutter much in the dark and something goes, boo, you come, you know, it's not just the lights and stuff, but it's just the, th- thought of someone's going to jump out at me and you don't know when
1: yeah and I don't really know what why that is but I guess it's ingrained I guess it's ingrained in us from centuries of living on the edge you know it
0: is it's ingrained in us as Americans and I don't know why but the thrill is there and it's not something you get so much in the UK or these other countries that are as much as we do here in the US. We love this kind of storyline.
1: Yeah. Because in the UK, like you say, in Europe where they had where kind of like Halloween started, it Mm -hmm. wasn't really about the spookiness of it. Mm
0: -mm.
1: It was more like honoring the dead, honoring Mm -hmm. your ancestors and things like that. Same thing in Mexico, you know, the Mm -hmm. day of the dead is not really a spooky Spooky. it's a
0: celebration of the dead.
1: Right. Of, of past lives and the people who have lived before. And here in America, we kind of like twisted it around.
0: <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but this is a type of story that works during this season. I mean, it works year round, but right now, with the war and everything that we twisted Halloween into, it yeah. is one of the stories that people go to.
1: Yep. Yep. I- I watched what did I watch the other day? Something I wouldn't watch, and because it was late at night, like two o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. wasn't going to sleep. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't remember now, but it. it's one of these horror movies that I was like, yeah, not watching that. I'm never watching that. And then about two o'clock in the morning, I put, put it on because there's like, nothing you know, else on at
0: two o'clock in the morning. Yeah,
1: well, it's just started. I might as well watch. It. Right. <laughs> yeah, and of course it's one of these horror crazy movies and you know totally nonsensical witchcraft and all this kind of stuff and sitting there okay how is this person still moving around and and doing things after they cut off their own arm yeah it's like they would have bled to death within a few minutes you know you get your arm cut off you're bleeding to death There's, there's no coming back from that and Yet this person is able to run around and do stuff with just one arm cut off and fight. It's like Yeah, it's not. Yeah. The
0: films are so fantasy based that you it has no basis of reality because you have, oh, this person was shot 20 times, but they're still alive. Or they cut off a limb, or you know, whatever it is is so fictional that it's not even believable anymore. But and I love
1: I love like the crime uh, yeah. movies and stuff where you see them shooting with the gun and this guy is firing. And he's killed about fifteen people already, twenty people already with one gun. hasn't reloaded, and, and he's the, just firing. And he's firing. He's not hitting everybody, so he's firing three or four shots to get one bullet in somebody. Yeah. Yeah. he killed like fifteen guys.
0: Oh, like, I was watching. Years? I was watching a crime show a couple days ago, and I don't watch too much TV. And I'm like. Okay, I know that firearm that holds six shots at max and he just and I just counted like twenty.
1: Yeah. Even if you have a bigger magazine, Mm -hmm. like you know,
0: they
1: hold maybe 20 shots, 18, something like that. Yeah. I mean, and you see the gun they have, they don't have these extended bags and stuff like that that has like 30 or 40 shots in them. No, they have a regular magazine. That thing's only carrying about 10, 15 shots, maybe 20. Right, right. And And this this guy is out there shooting for like 10 minutes with one gun.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was like, I was watching this with the firearm, and I know for a fact it only holds six shots at max, Uh and that's if you have, you know, it's a type of rifle, and they don't have a magazine on it, they don't have an extender clip or anything else on it, so at max it holds six shots, and they just killed 20 people. Yeah. It's so fictional, but at the same time, it makes great TV.
1: Yeah. I just watched the New a bomb movie. And at least they try to minimize that, which they shoot, throw the gun away, grab the guy's gun that they just killed, mm-hmm. and continue yeah. shooting with somebody else's gun. Right. Yeah. That makes a little bit more sense than, you know, I run around with my little P, F6, whatever the hell that gun was that he carried. Yeah. And that's the only head six shots. But he killed an army full of people.
0: <laughs> I know. It, we have to get into the producers' heads or the directors' heads that you have to make a little bit believable. Just a little bit. And you can yeah. still be complete fiction, but make it a little bit believable for the people that actually know that firearms only carry so many shots per.
1: Yeah. You know. That you have a limited number of bullets. I don't care what kind of gun you got. You still only have a limited number.
0: Right. You have to reload at some point.
1: Yeah. So So
0: make it just a little bit believable. I mean, even in books, you know, writing a great crime story, you have to make it believable. You have to let the people's imagination fill in the blanks. But it has to have enough believability to it that you can actually get into it and say this could actually happen.
1: Right. And that's what I try to do in my story. I don't try to go for some fantastic idea where, you know, you have the action, you know, mm-hmm. but you have to have the action. So there has, to be action. there has to be believable action, you know. The guy can't be beat to a pulp and just bounce up on his feet. You know, it's like the wrestling. Have you ever watched the wrestling back mm-hmm. in the day where the guy is getting beat down and beat down and then mm-hmm. in the last minute of the, of the round of right. the best match, he bounces up and pins the guy and fights over, he wins. Right. Know, because he was supposed to be the winner. You right. Know, so I write the stories so that they are believable, mm-hmm. so that they do follow logic and actual physical reality. You know, mm-hmm. you're not gonna get your arm cut off and run 10 blocks. That's right. not gonna happen. No, it's you're not. You're not gonna get take a butt to the chest and then run away, you know. Right. You, you'll bleed to death before you get very far.
0: Yeah, 30 seconds. Things like
1: that can't happen.
0: No, you have to have enough information to make it believable, enough creativity to make the reader go, oh, this is so suspenseful. You know, you have to build Mm -hmm. this and you do it really well with your trilogy so far. So I'm very excited to hear about a fourth book. But the way it's wrote or the way we see it on the screen, we have to have that moment of this could happen. Because not that we're going to actually do this in our life, but you have to be in the moment when you're reading it or watching it.
1: Right. And that's what you want to do as a writer. You want to draw your readers into the story. You want them to put themselves into the story. Not so much as suspend belief, Mm-hmm. But believe this has happened to them. Right. And and hopefully that's what I'm doing. Hopefully, you know. So you far know, I, I have actually of read videos. at
0: least two of me books because the third one I just found out came out. So I haven't read it. But the first two I have, and you ha- have this suspense, this drama in there that you can relate to that it could be real. And you draw the reader in. Yes. And I'm I'm sure the next two books, the one that was just released and the one that's getting ready to be released sometime in the future. <laughs> will continue. That. Well,
1: well, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> you know, it, it will be released next year. Okay. Since we're almost at the end of this year, that, that's a, that could be a true statement. I could swear to that. It will be released next year. Okay. And hopefully not too far into the next year. I try, to, I try to bring them out at least by the summer, you know, the spring, summer, mm-hmm. to get to that summer reading audience when people are on vacation. Mm-hmm. And could because in book industry, there are certain types of books that play better or read better at certain time. You know, right. fall, you want the romance, you want sometimes the horror, but you want, you know, the romance, you want the love story, you want, you know, some of these things. In the spring and summer, People are looking for action, they're looking for fantasies, they're looking for, you know, these type of uh, of stories. Because they're going on vacation, or they're outside, it's more energetic type reading. So yeah, you're not sitting at home by the crackling fire.
0: Exactly, there's times that a book does really well, and at times that book just sits on the shelf. And there are seasons for reading. And people yes. don't understand this. If you think about it, though, unless you're just into crime novels or just into fantasy novels, those are types of novels that people are drawn to during certain points of the year. Yes. Unless you're one of these avid readers that go, I only read. And that's great. We love those readers, too.
1: Yes, we do. And I just came back from Nashville um, where I went to... Uh, killer nashville mm-hmm. which came up in like, august yeah i think it was august but the book had just came out and i did uh i did some speaking engagements i was on some panels so i was speaking about publishing uh book covers and what was the third one i spoke about uh book covers with the third uh, anyway i spoke about three different <laughs> on three different panels you know when you when you do some of these uh, conferences and stuff like that, you get so much stuff in the meantime and put, put in there that you can't always
0: remember yeah.
1: everything that, that you spoke about. Oh, oh, that's what it was, scheduling and, and pacing in the story.
0: Okay. okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's an author doesn't just write. We do pan, panels. We do speaking engagements. We do so much stuff. That is not just writing. So when our books come out, if there's a year between the books, don't get mad at us because during the year we're writing, but we're also doing these other 50 things.
1: Yeah. And for me, I'm also a publisher. So I'm also reading and publishing other people's books. I know. Just like I said before, I don't watch or read stuff that I'm writing about. Mm -hmm. You know, when I'm publishing my other authors stuff, and I got like 10 authors now, and getting ready to go to 11, 12, and probably 13 authors. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't write my own stuff and I don't work on my own stuff when I'm working on other people.
0: Right. You can't. Right. You get biased on what you're writing versus what they're trying to say within their story. Right. Because and, as and a you publisher, want, publisher yeah. myself, I understand you have 20,000 different things you have to do per author.
1: Yes, absolutely. So, Last year was a great year for us because uh, Rockville Publishing published five authors thanks to COVID, mm-hmm. since, we was, since we were kind of like stuck inside anyway. Mm-hmm. And I was able to work with my editor very closely. She went back. She finally went back home. She went back home to South Africa. Uh, she came here. We were doing a uh, publishing at sea, a cruise, mm-hmm. you know, two-week cruise where we was right. uh, doing some other work and stuff like that. And she got off the boat. We got off that boat in February of 2019. And COVID hit. And everything shut down. And she was stuck here <laughs> for like a year. So,
0: But she got to soak in all the culture for the year.
1: Oh, yeah. She then realized why America is so crazy. Because she used to ask me, well, why would they do this? Well, why would they do that? And, you know. She got to sit there and watch and listen and she still asked why would they do that but then she got to see you know all the crazy and things i was like i would just keep telling them because that's america honey
0: (laughs) yeah i have a friend that's getting ready was supposed to come over last year from south africa and he's been trying to get here for the last year to go to school and it's like well COVID hit because we were supposed to be here last February well February and March and school was starting in April well school got shut down everything got shut down so he's like I can't come to school well my, now my school visa is no good because I didn't enroll properly it, he's like everything got snowballed but it's like there has to be a better way <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep yep but I'm like, like, oh,
0: you're going to get here and have a complete culture shock. Because what you think should happen isn't what happens. But that's America.
1: Yep. Yep. That's a, that's all you can say. Well, that's America.
0: Yep. Just you know, you shake your it. head and go crazy with it. as it, it. it is. <laughs> yep. I mean, if you look for the last 50 years, how we progress, but at the same time, there's things that need to be fixed. And right now with COVID, thankfully, they have online schools and stuff like this now. So you can do it that way. But it's so shake your head. You just go. (laughs) But it was so great having you on the show today. So where can our viewers and listeners find you and your books?
1: All right. The first place is rockhillpublishing.com. That's the website for the publishing company. You can find all my books there. Uh, you can also find other books that i published there by my other authors. So, you know, romance, sci-fi. I also write sci-fi and I write fantasy. So there's a, a couple of books up there by yours truly. Uh, always on Amazon. And, um, you know, any place else that they, they want to look for books, they're out there. Print, hardcover, paperback, ebooks.
0: books um, Well, they're See? Look- everywhere.
1: Look me up on Facebook. Very easy to find me. JL Hill, Rock Hill Publishing, either one of those. I'm out well, there.
0: Such a great conversation. I always love having to bring authors back on the show because then we can keep up with, with what are the characters doing?
1: <laughs> yes. That's why I, that's why I say, hey, the third book is out now. Let me come back and tell, talk to you about that. I know the last time I talked to you, I was in the myths of writing and editing that book.
0: Mm-hmm. I know. I, I remember. And it was like, mm, I love the crime story. So, yeah.
1: And you're a great person to talk to. Well, Me thank a, you. you.
0: I try to be, and I do t- actually, the books I have on the show, I do at least try to read. I can't read everyone because obviously I don't have the time. No one does. But yeah. I do try to read.
1: So oh, thank and- you for reading my.
0: You're welcome. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. And for all our listeners and our viewers, happy reading.